Our good friend Rebecca Klein is the executive director of a Woman's Choice Pregnancy Care Center in Lakeland. We're glad to have you with us, and we sure appreciate your winsome Thank spirit. You. It's always fun yes. to hang out uh, together yes. since we're good yes. friends. Hey, uh, I wanted to play a clip here from the event that we had talked about a few months ago that you guys yeah. um, organized. It was Truth versus Lies. A post, uh, you know, Roe versus Wade um, kind of event, you know, and and of course the overturning of Roe versus Wade and and all of that. So anyway, uh, this clip is is Pastor Ian Thomas. He's from the King's Church in Lakeland. I think what he had to say was very powerful. Let's take a listen. We also know the power of the gospel. That Roman emperor couldn't figure out how to replicate what was going on in the churches because he didn't have a grasp of the gospel. He had a belief about what might be right and wrong, but he lacked the power to follow it through. And while we should absolutely celebrate the overturning of Roe v. Wade, and we should praise the Lord for decades of prayers that were answered in that, we know that the hope, the ultimate hope for a broken world in which abortion is thinkable is not in the overturning of laws, though that is very important. It is found in the turning of hearts to the Lord. And friends, we know the only way that that happens is through the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you're a Christian here tonight, you know the greatest truth in the universe. We talk about truth and myths. You know the greatest truth in the universe. That for those who are in Christ, there is therefore now no condemnation. That he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree. So we might die to sin and live to righteousness for a conversation that is usually marked by hostility and division that is surrounded by shame and guilt, we have an opportunity to bring the power of the gospel for salvation to bear. Let's remind people that abortion is not an unpardonable sin. Let's remind people that the shame or guilt they might be carrying around this issue has been dealt with at the cross and that there is grace and mercy to be found in Christ. Let's herald that good news to a weary and broken world and let's not grow weary in doing good as we do that. Man, I, Rebecca, that's the gospel yeah. from beginning to Amen. end. It's so vital for us to focus yes. on this, isn't it? Yes, yes, absolutely. I was so thankful to the Lord for the way Mr. Ian brought that message to our event. It just, yeah, it was the core of, of the message for the night, without a doubt. So when we talk about the changing of hearts, that's really how yeah. things, um, you know, you got to change somebody's heart to really change their behavior. Yeah. Otherwise, it's yeah. like it's it's like putting a Band-Aid on a gaping wound. You know, behavior modification yeah. uh, exactly. is, is, not, is not what we're searching for. It has to go deeper than that. Absolutely. Yes, yes. And I'm so glad you said it that way, Kurt, because uh, that's actually a, a common phrase that we use that we're, you know... Some people may be not understanding the way uh, the pregnancy center movement works and those in, in the pro-life movement. It's not just about um, somebody making a decision, you know, well, if you choose life here, everything's going to be okay. And, and of course, that, that is the outcome. We want the, the life of that child saved. But the point is, it's not enough. And, and that's just a, a behavior decision. I'm, I'm going to do this instead of doing that. Um, you know, there, I, actually, I, I'm, there's an organization out there, and, and I, I'm just, I don't want to speak badly about them, but it's just not something I agree with. They offer to pay people to choose life for their babies. 
um, just like actually give them money. Don't, mm. don't, don't do this. Give them money. And, and again, you, you accomplish the end. Uh, a child's life may be saved, and I don't want to diminish that. But in the end, you're not reaching a heart at all. You're paying somebody off to, mm-hmm. to make a decision. And really what we need to do is change people's hearts. And there's only one thing that can do that, and that is the gospel. And that's what we do in the pregnancy centers. We're not just saying, you know, begging people not to have abortions. We're giving them a reason not to have the abortion. And that reason is in Christ. And, and that reason is equally for them as it is for the life of that child. There, there's no hope for them apart from receiving the gospel. And we want them to have hope. We don't just want to give a child life. We want a child to have life, an abundant life, right? That's what Christ said. I've come that you may have life and life to the full. But the, you can't have all that apart from Jesus, and you can't have Jesus apart from gospel. And so they're, they're so intertwined, um, and yet I'm not sure everybody, even in the church, understands that. Um, and so I'm so grateful that we get a chance to talk about that today. Mm. Yeah, it's vitally important. And one of the things, yeah. too, that uh, that I think about, and, and you know, Rebecca, every time you're with us, I try to highlight this, and it was, it was alluded to in the yeah. clip as well, yeah. is uh, we have many followers of Jesus uh, who yeah. have an abortion in their past, and they just can't get beyond it, many of them. Yeah. They know what the gospel is that we're talking about here. They uh-huh. know uh-huh. that it was Jesus' death on the cross that uh-huh. purchased their forgiveness, sin debt paid in full. That means everything that we've ever done, past, present, and future, the blood of Jesus is that powerful to cleanse us from all sin. He rose from the dead. God accepted that sacrifice. We can intellectually say, yes, as believers, I, I believe this. But when it's put to the test, um, you know, in something like this, where we feel like what I've done is the unforgivable sin, which it is not, mm-hmm. we get hung up in that place. Mm-hmm. What do you want to say to all of those folks who are listening this morning who are are thinking along these lines? You know, I can I know God forgives me. I can't forgive myself. I'm stuck. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, Kurt, you're absolutely right, and I, I know that because I've seen it over and over and over in these twenty years. Uh, so many, you know, beautiful Christian women and men. Uh, it's mm-hmm. so easy to forget that men are impacted by this. Men. Uh, may experience the the post-abortion experience differently than women, yet that that same that same hurt, that same shame, that same guilt is carried there. And um, even as believers, as you've just said, even knowing uh, the forgiveness of Christ, they, it's the lie of the enemy um, that somehow, yes, Jesus forgave it all, but ooh, not not that. And then they mm. carry that burden, and it's just heartbreaking um, to see that the enemy twist that. Um, but that that's exactly what Pastor Ian said, that abortion is not the unpartable sin. There's nothing um, not covered by the blood of Christ, nothing that he has not um, forgiven and done away with 
in everything. And, and that's a, the other part of it is that there's no sin. Um, abor- abortion's not any worse than any one of anybody else's sins either. Uh, I've heard many pastors say that the ground at the cross is level. Yes, we all yes. come to it in yeah. the same way, same place, whether you've had an abortion or not had an abortion, no matter what you count as your sin or what more importantly, what God sees as your sin, it's all equal and it's all covered by Jesus. And and what I have seen um, in this work is when we take time to work with women and men who've, um, you know, ready to tackle that part of their heart um, and, and take them to the gospel and take them through the word and process, um, you know, the, the guilt of, of that particular situation, such amazing freedom. I've, I've watched it. I've watched demeanors change. I've watched heart change where that burden is lifted as God intended it from the very beginning. Um, that burden is lifted and they become new people. So if, if we're talking to that person who's out there, and I know they're out there, Kurt, because if there have been 65 million abortions in our nation since 1973, then when you think of your listening audience, one in four will have had an abortion or been impacted by it. Um, so they're, they're listening now. And to know that there is hope, there is hope for them, and it is not unpardonable. Jesus loves them and died for them and forgave them. They just need to receive it and, and to get the help of, of, of our pregnancy centers. So many of our pregnancy centers have that post-abortive healing program available to women and men also to men. Um, and so to reach out and let somebody walk you through it so that you can have freedom uh, to, to just break the lie of the enemy and walk in the freedom that Christ has given us. Amen. And we in the church, those of us who haven't had abortions, we need to uh, really do that too. We need to say, yeah. You're forgiven. We need to get that in uh, into our heads that mm-hmm. other people's yeah. sins aren't worse than our sins, yeah. mm-hmm. you know. And we need yes. to make that a churchwide thing. That'll change really a lot of things. By the yeah. way, guys, I think this yeah. is one of the reasons why uh, God uh, doesn't transfer us to heaven immediately when we receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. We are on mission here and now. Uh, to reach out to others in His name, and what a privilege that is. We don't deserve it, and yet He uses us. But the other part of it is we still struggle with sin. Uh, hopefully we sin less, but we're not sinless mm-hmm. as we walk with Jesus. And I believe he leaves that battle within us. Uh, we've got the ultimate victory, but there's still that battle. There's temptation. There's spiritual warfare. Because you know what, Rebecca? I think it keeps us humble. At least it should. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I agree. I agree. That was... So well said, you know. Um, can I share a story with you from something that happened this weekend that I think illustrates a lot of this? Yeah, Yeah. you know what, Rebecca, hang tight, because I don't want to interrupt the story, okay? Uh, hang tight. We're going to have that story when we when we come back in just a few minutes. You know how much we love stories. <laughs> Rebecca Klein, our guest, our good friend, hanging out with us this morning. Rebecca Klein is with us this hour. She's the executive director of a Woman's Choice Pregnancy Care Center in Lakeland, and Rebecca, that was a nice tease that uh, that you tossed out there. Yeah. Hey, something just happened to me. I got this story, and yeah, everybody's yeah. like sitting on the edge of their seat we right now. It. They're like, I want to hear that awesome. story, so share it with us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Well, I was just away at a conference. Um, I, I think I say that very frequently in the past several months because there's just been some wonderful pro-life conferences. But we have this um, regional conference just for the state of Florida that's sponsored by um, One More Child called the Sanctity of Human Life um, Conference, and we do it annually. And there was a speaker there, uh, David Williams, who's out of Orlando, so some people may know of him. He has a powerful testimony um, and, and a post-abortive testimony that's one of uh, just recently hearing his heart about men and, and you know, the, how they are also impacted by abortion and, and hope for them really just hit my heart over the weekend. But he shared, we were talking specifically about the gospel and how it relates to pro-life work. And from his personal testimony, he shared that uh, when he was a younger man, his, the first pregnancy he faced, an unplanned pregnancy, ended in abortion. And so that's, you know, he, he does experience the, or had experienced the post-abortive um, experience as a man. Uh, but then uh, sometime later, he ended up in another planned pregnancy. He was not a believer at this time and just was part of his life. And the second pregnancy, um, they, they did choose life. They didn't uh, abort the child, which is a victory. And again, I don't want to be misunderstood at all. We rejoice in that. A life is saved. But David made the really important point that even though they chose life, he still didn't know Christ. Hmm. And nothing in his life changed. Hmm. And so from that point on, you know, he had one decision that was abortion, one decision that was, was life, but he was still walking in darkness still living the same way he had lived before that, and, and the worst of it, he was still bound for hell. And so it wasn't until about three years later that he came to know Christ and everything in his life changed, and, and now he's an incredible um, man of God who just speaks for life and, and proclaims the gospel and speaks the name of Jesus and uh, just does incredible things for the Lord. But he just made that point that without the gospel, there was still no hope. There was still no hope, and, and that's why the gospel is so foundational to what we do. It, it's, um, I see it as a disservice if women and men were coming through our doors at the pregnancy center, and we still could provide all the services we provide. You know, we could talk to them about all their options. We could provide ultrasounds and even diapers for babies that are born. But if we don't share with them the truth of the gospel, knowing that they are left without hope, and left without hope for an eternal destiny with Christ, then then we failed. We mm. fail. Oh. And so it's truly foundational mm. to to the work, and, and it shouldn't ever be separated from it. John 3.16, right? For God so yeah. loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever yeah. believes in him shall not perish, but have yeah. eternal life. The gospel yeah. in a nutshell right there. Absolutely, absolutely. And and what I'd love to share when I get to the opportunity to speak at churches and things is, you know, everybody, you know, you would think most Christians know that one, just like you did. We can rattle it right off the tongue. And, we, and it is a gospel message. It is uh, the verse of salvation, but it's also a pro-life message. Because I feel like if we, if we look at it this way, you know, it says, um, for God so loved the world. That, that's, everybody, right? It doesn't, mm-hmm. it doesn't uh, distinguish. He mm-hmm. loved everybody that he gave his only son, 
that whosoever believes in him, whosoever. So I just like to make sure people see that, that there's not, there's not um, only these people or not these people or definitely not people who've had abortions, right? It doesn't say any of that. No. It doesn't say yeah. whosoever right. believes in him. And, and if there's anything in the Bible, we look at so many scriptures, beautiful scriptures that talk about the value and sanctity of life. But what proclaims the value of life more than the fact that God gave his only son for life, mm-hmm. for those, for those, for every yes. human being made in his Amen. image that was born, Jesus died. So yes, that's the hope of the gospel for us, but it also says God values life, mm-hmm. all life, all life, no exceptions. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Hey, that'll preach, Rebecca. Yeah. And you just yeah, uh, did yeah. some good preaching right there. That was perfect. Amen. Oh, All right. Yeah. All right. Well, Rebecca, we have to let you go, but it's always, yeah. uh, there again, it's yeah. so nice to have you with us. Yeah. Many blessings to you. Thanks, Rebecca. We'll see you next time, okay? Yeah. All right. Thank you. God bless you guys. Have a great day. You, you too. too.